0: Start and end your day with the good news, the good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news.
1: Welcome to the good news. Uh, It is Therapy Tuesday, therapist Lisa is here and we have Pastor John Moreland on remote location. you there Pastor John? I am. You Thank you. We also have in your seat Michelle Ron, <laughs> author and speaker. And what I really wanted to kind of start off with today, let me just kind of give a little kind of recap. It is the good news, but I think we need to learn something and kind of hash out a little bit um, what happened in Charleston, South Carolina, a predominantly African American church, and nine people killed there, as you know, just a few short days ago. So Pastor Moreland has a predominantly African American church, and I'm one of the few white people there. So I thought to myself, when people started questioning, well, why did why 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 did that white guy walk into the church and go into the Bible study like didn't they know he wasn't like a church member well because we're, we're welcome because we're welcomed in these church by loving Christians we're, we're part of the church in many cases so um, also Michelle had brought up a topic for me um, on uh, my other show Daybreak USA about um, uh, her life changing and living now after um, Columbine because she had taught in a gifted program. Dylan Klebold, one of the shooters, and also she knew one of the teachers. It was acquainted with her f- circle of family um, that was killed, and so she had a heart attack that day. The minute she heard those two names, she felt like an elephant was on her chest, and she was in ICU for six days. So she changed the course of how she lives her life. So therapist Lisa and Michelle are here in studio with me, but Pastor Morland, I wanted to get you remotely, even though you're officially off today. Thank you. Uh, To to bring up two topics. Obviously, this had an impact on your church, because this is something that you guys can relate to, and I'm sure your heart just broke for this congregation. Uh, uh, And the the pastor was like a man that gave his life to serving people. I mean, you couldn't have gone after a more loving, kind, service-hearted man. In addition to the congregation, uh, you know, the the other eight that were killed were a total of nine. I can't wrap my head around it, and I thought of you immediately, and then I want to ask about the Confederate flag issue that's been popping up in the last few days. So let's start with, with the shooting. How did you and your congregation respond?
2: Well, first of all, thank you for allowing me to speak to the issue. I've been out of the country for about a week, so I'm just now getting caught up. Uh, I immediately sent an email to our congregation knowing that we have some folks from the Carolinas and just wanted to make sure uh, that, that we didn't have any family members, friends, you know, of our folks injured or, or, God forbid, killed, and I think we're doing okay there. I haven't heard anything. And so uh, it was met with a lot of sadness, I think a, uh, a greater awareness that evil can unfold even inside of the walls of the church, uh, and, and more of a sense of readiness in my own mind. And so um, my heart goes out to all persons involved, including uh, Dylan, and I've heard a lot of news reports where people are saying You know, this is mental illness. This isn't mental illness. This is just evil. Whatever the case may be, uh, it's tragic. Whatever was going on in his life and in his world, even if it was hate that brought this about. It's tragic and, to me, uh, worthy uh, to be brought before the Lord in prayer. This is well, a bad situation.
1: And his, his stepmother is saying that he grew up in the church, that he wasn't a bad kid, that he closed himself in his bedroom and watched about a, a, a lot of, as she put it, bad things on the internet. And she feels that, yes, it was mental illness and a very negative, evil influence on him. But with that said, I think that um, the judge is receiving a lot of flack because, first of all, when uh, he was on the camera in the courtroom, a lot of the victim's families came forward to talk about forgiveness because they're Christian. And non-Christians are like, how on earth can they forgive him? But that's like the basic tenet of our faith. And then the second thing that that, the judge then received a criticism for saying that the shooter's family, that they are also victims because they did not do this and they're receiving threats, etc. And a lot of people came down on him Uh, for saying the shooter's family that they're also victims. And maybe he stressed that too much in court, and maybe he's hung on that point too long. But I do think he's right that the family, his family, they're victims. They certainly didn't want this to happen. As in Michelle's case um, with Columbine, she knows that the parents of Dylan Klebold, one of the shooters, they were beautiful parents.
3: They were wonderful parents. They were very active, very good parents. And they were victims. Oh, my goodness. And so was the sibling. So, What's how do you feel line? about that topic,
1: Pastor Moreland? Well, I, I, um,
2: I'm i not sure. Uh, first of all, I think this judge is catching some flack because he has some um, uh, questions of, of racial talk in a court case that he oversaw ah. several years ago. Okay. So, I, I think that's part of the motivation for you know the public outcry against him. I was reading up on that as well. Okay. Apparently he used the N-word in a court proceeding oh, uh, that got brought before the ethics board you know, uh, of the bar uh, there in it. Carolina. Uh, and so that's part of the reason why he's getting it. Uh, do I think that this family is victims? I think it's quite possible. But I don't know the upbringing here. And I think the difference between this and what we saw at Columbine is this is a, a self-declared, very obvious, very in-your-face racial undertone yes. associated with this that yes. was not associated with Columbine. So I think that's the reason for the outcry that you're receiving. Yeah. That said, you know, as a pastor, as a Christian, when I look at him, even if he's a racist, he's still a, a, a kid uh, who has been poisoned either by family, friends, a website, Drugs. an outside influence, something... Uh, and so it's still very, very sad situation. They, they are still victims to some degree. To what degree, I don't know.
1: All right. Now, the Confederate flag keeps coming up, and I had a, a, a real big discussion with that on my radio show this morning. Walmart's no longer going to carry it. Sears is no longer going to carry it. The governor of South Carolina has called for it to be removed. Mississippi is now talking about maybe taking it out of their state flag, and I believe it's in, somehow in the Georgia uh, flag as well. So with that said, um, I think some young people think that it's a symbol, symbol of, like, Southern pride. People who are a little bit older realize that it's a symbol that people uh, I- associate with racism. So how do you feel about the Confederate flag as flag as an African-American passenger? what what I'm interested in what what, when you see it what do you think
2: this one is very easy that flag needs to come down and it does not need to be a part of any portion of American history Mm -hmm. uh, in my humble opinion Um, you know there is there is no good route associated with the Confederate flag when you look at the history of the Civil War uh, and the I believe it was 10 states that seceded. Uh, This is all surrounding slavery, racism, and a divided union at that time. You know, one part of it for slavery, a part of it against it. Uh, There is no way, in my opinion, there is no way to reclaim anything good about the Confederate flag. And if we're going to be serious about bridging uh, racial divides in this country, it, it can't be a part of the conversation.
1: Well, I'm I'm with you there. They're nodding here in the studio as well. And, you know, maybe maybe this will be the only good thing that comes out of it, that, that the Confederate flag will be buried along with, you know, some of the sentiments surrounding it. Yeah,
2: it, it, we can only hope so. You know, that's certainly my prayer. I, my hat is off to the governor of South Carolina for calling for it. My hat's off to Walmart and Sears. I hadn't heard that yet. Uh, but if they're discontinuing the sale uh, of this very – Um, you know deeply rooted symbol of racism my hat goes off to those companies and and to her as an individual
1: well pastor we sure appreciate you joining us on uh, your day off from the show we just wanted to get a little input from you my friend
2: no worries thank you for thinking of me um and i appreciate what you guys are doing hello to everyone there in studio and to the denver listening audience and we will catch up soon angie
1: excellent thanks pastor morland
2: god bless you bye-bye
1: and you too portland and also uh, you know birmingham we love you too mm-hmm. okay so therapist lisa i want to go over this whole first of all the forgiveness is perplexing to people like i i I have a forgiving heart, but the day of that's tough. I mean, the day after, pardon me, you know, I mean, he was in court quickly.
4: He was. And I, I do want to say one family member said that she's I'm not, not ready yet. She's not ready yet. But you heard the yet. It's so a process. It is a process. So I don't want people to think that you have to automatically forgive at that, that day moment, or pretend right? you're forgiving. That exactly. Day. I mean, right. I know Marcus Weaver from the Aurora shooting was the first one, a victim to say that he forgave the shooter and it just we, talked a lot about that on our show just to say that forgiveness does not mean we condone what they did we it says it's taking back control within ourselves to say we're letting go and we're being we're able to move forward and maybe that's helping them in their healing process too that they could begin to grieve on their own and not have be uh, consumed with all the anger and and um, hostility towards this person. I also do want to say what it it shows the remarkability of these church members that um, sadly lost their lives. The killer said that he actually had second thoughts mm-hmm. because they were so warm and welcoming. And that just shows, you know, what kind of people they were. Um, and, you know, how much they're loved and missed dearly in their community. So my heart reaches out to them as well. But um, that's my feeling about forgiveness. It is is definitely a process. Not everyone can forgive immediately. But once you do forgive, you'll feel like that relief of that anger and you can begin to live again.
1: It is. I think that's a really succinct way to put it. You'll feel the release of the anger and begin to live again because I— I can't hold on to it. And I know it's a gift from God. I think I've told you guys, my cousin told me that I'm the most forgiving at Christmas. She said, you're the most, it makes me want to cry right now. She said, you're the most forgiving person I've ever met. And I, and she's older than I am. She's, she's, uh, and she said that she kind of mentors. Like I've had an impact on her ability to forgive because of her family background. And so that was like one of the best compliments I've ever received, but it's not me. I really truly believe that it's God putting that forgiveness in my heart because there've been a couple of instances where I feel I reacted like, um, uh, Without even thinking in a way that had I thought about it, I wouldn't have hugged the person. But I felt like that, ur- like p- prompting to hug someone that I'd had a difference with. And then, like, everything melted away all the tension and, you know, anxiety and regret melted away. And they hadn't apologized to me for anything. I just greeted them that way the next time when there had been months and months of silence. And that's how I greeted them when we were forced to come together again. I just, and my husband even said, Wow, you just went right in for the hug. You just, like, just went right in. He's like, you just like walked right across the room. You know, to him, you know, because he was kind of taken aback because the tension was so thick. There was no communication whatsoever. And any time that we attempted to make uh, communication, we were completely rebuffed and very important relationships in our lives. Um, So, Michelle, you came up with some topics that um, a topic regarding after um, uh, Columbine and your heart attack and your grief that you decided you needed to live now. And I believe as a Christian, you were saying, I feel like you said to God, look, I want to make a difference in my space to people I can impact, that whole starfish Mm -hmm. theory. Right? Who can I help? And then you became a speaker and um, Miss Senior America, and you'd never done a pageant. And I feel like, God kind of made, gave you a path so that you could then um, speak to people. It's totally. Because a God as a thing. teacher, you, totally. weren't, you weren't speaking to groups, and now you speak to groups Correct. all the time.
3: And I do want to address the forgiveness thing. You know, God okay. says with us, with a relationship with Him, we are to love and we are to forgive. And if we are not forgiving, we are not forgiven. And not that it, it comes easy. I wouldn't even put the word easy with the word forgive for any no, for number a, of some money. People or it's for even anything. more difficult. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my and goodness. Some people don't it is. want to. And, and it's a way to hang on to the, the hate and the, well, I can better you or, or whatever that is. But you're right in the saying that when you forgive, it it is a release and it is a giving. I hope that, I hope, hope, hope that many of you out in the audience have read Corey Timboom's Boom's The Hiding Place or any of her books, any of her Give
1: a snippet books. of what the, the gist well, of Well, The is. Hiding
3: Place. Corey and her sister um, were in, concert, in the worst concentration camps, and um, they were there for years. Her sister died there. Her family died. She came out, and when I first came to Denver, by God's grace, I got to hear her speak, wow. and this has been oh goodness, 47 years ago. But the point is what she, after she came out of all this hatred and she was Jewish, of course, and, and came out of that, she began speaking. And at one of her talks, she finished her speaking and as people were leaving they would come up to her and talk to her and she realized that a man coming towards her was her guard was her guard in her concentration camp and she literally had this incredible conversation with god that she she just she she didn't know what to do, that the hate was so strong. And um, she asked for him to take over. And it's all about her sharing how when he came up to her, and she shook his hand, and um, immediately the feeling was so lifted. It was as if it was totally lifted out of her heart, and out of her hand, and out of her shoulders, and all of that. So the forgiveness, um, the, the, Corey ten Boom. Do read it. Do read. Yes, my experience with Columbine, um, after that happened, the whole Columbine area, it was like this gargantuan curtain hung over us. You go to the grocery store and there was this terrible silence. You go to the cleaners, you go to a fast food. There was, there was just no joy. Um, And, and you, you had no words to explain it. I spent the six days uh, from April 20th when I had the heart attack and heard Dylan and Dave's name in the hospital and spent the next six days in ICU. And God and I had many a conversation and my conversation was mainly screaming and crying and, and, um, how and uh, we thought we knew Dylan we we knew him from second grade on up he was one of 23 kids in the CHIPS program which is a phenomenal group of brilliant yeah brilliant kids loving kids loving kids and we were all blindsided but my point is that um god what do I do now you know, I, I'm a teacher. I've I've been taught to love, and I had retired the year before. And what is it that you have in mind? And I literally went over those over and over and over. And in the in the outcome of that, um, I believe my philosophy came from Vonette Bright, who said, uh, "The fact that God has me living means He still has something left for me to do." And I believe that. I believe that. So then my so then my conversation. Okay. What do you have in mind? I thought I loved life before that. Wow. You know, what do I what do I do now, God? I'm not going to waste one single minute of it. And um, so my point of the conversation that you and I had on your show this morning, what do I do? as an individual you know what what can I possibly do for people in Charleston what what can I recommend and my po- my thing is that we have to take one of us at a time and that's me because right now I'm really hurting as these people are and with Columbine and as Lisa and I said er- before the show started the sad tragic thing to me is that all of these darn things seem to have some reference to Columbine you know oh gotta whatever
1: right that it was the one we all turned sure. back to is like sure. kind of the beginning we feel of all of this. Exactly.
3: So what can I do? I can I can do something today for somebody, um, uh, for my inside self, which is so hurting and so angry. I'm going to find one of my friends who is really good for me, and I'm going to spend some time with her. I'm going to become better, because, and we can hash this out. We can talk about it. Not a kind of friend who's going to tell you every schmaltzy thing, you know, not that. The friend who says, okay, what can we do? And we collaborate. And that's really how the silly queenie thing came up. But three you, of us got ran, together. Yeah. yeah.
1: Three of you got together and decide what are we going to do yeah, with our lives? And exactly. Like. That being in the pageant would give you an avenue for well speaking.
3: i never never ever thought that uh, my my thought was take over god you know, show me what it is that you have in mind. And honestly, things just came almost comically.
1: We have a couple of minutes left. So yep. I want to go through a couple okay. of tips of living now. You said, Living now. Columbine take Sherman. some time.
3: Take some time for you to just find something good. I have a joy box, thanks to Barbara Johnson. And that joy box is f- when I'm getting overwhelmed or whatever, find something. Get get away from it. Go to the joy box. Look at a car that makes you smile. Look at something that makes you smile. Get away from it. Secondly, that, that was second. It takes me time to enjoy the beauty third do something for somebody serve do something not only does it help you inside but it helps them and and you don't have to brag about it nothing at all Um, spend wave to that neighbor down the street that never waves back to you thank the server at the restaurant who really hasn't served you well Um, i always thank the kid at mcdonald's every time i go through i did this morning i get my medium iced vanilla coffee with two extra cream and my comment to them is when they hand it to me hey thanks for working today And I get the funniest answers. One little gal looked at me and she said, my mom's making me do it. And I said, you know, good for her. But the point is, the point is, we might be the only example of good that that kid or that person has seen. That's what I can do as an individual. And you don't think that our kids and our grandkids are watching us do this? You bet they are. That's all we can do. And actually, that's how I became involved with MOPs, mothers of preschoolers in the hospital what can I do, God? I believe, and I went back to the mothers, the nurturing babies and nurturing kids. That's what I can do with a young mom, you know, and so forth. God takes over. He does take over. I guarantee it.
1: We, uh, when we come back, Therapist Lisa and Michelle Ron, we're going to talk a little bit, um, just one more story of forgiveness, and this one's uh, uh, pretty amazing. And it actually, this I found this story before um, the shooting in South Carolina, and it involves um, a man of God who um, goes on to forgive his father's killer after his father's sentence and they end up meeting Hmm. and uh, so it's very interesting and obviously had quite an impact on the man who would killed his father that the son wanted to meet him and forgive him so we'll talk about that when we come back and I also have some really cool good news stories as well on the good news when we get back. (laughs)
0: Starting hope, joy, and goodness.
5: 810 KLVZ, where love lives.
1: Hello, it's your pal Angie Austin. You know, I have to tell you, if you enjoy the good news, I would love your support. I would love to team up with you, to partner with you, and help you grow your business or your nonprofit. and also, you could support the good news at the same time. I know all of my sponsors personally. I really enjoy working with these advertisers because we have friendships as well as a business relationship. This show means the world to me. I have a passion for sharing good news, and I have a passion for my faith, and I would also have a passion for you and, and building Your business as well. You can reach me at Angie Austin News at gmail.com. Angie Austin News at gmail.com. I'd love to work with you.
6: Stop. Take a moment to think and ask yourself, is my business going where I want it to go? Am I being a good captain at the helm of my ship? If you said no or are struggling to come up with a decent answer, you need some guidance. Carrie Conley of Infinite Nation can assist you in setting goals, achieving them, and getting you and your business to the next level. You might need to restructure how you go about handling your business, clients, vendors, employees, and even your personal life. Carrie Conley is the co-creator of Infinite Nation and can coach you to have the business and life that you've always imagined. Carrie offers a free 30-minute consultation To figure out how you can work together and set goals that stick to set you up for success Go to InfiniteNation.com to design your vision and get started on the road to victory today Grow your true passion and gain the tools and supportive community you'll need to progress while remaining completely anchored in your goals Get carried to give you a nudge or a push in the right direction InfiniteNation.com I-N-F-I-N The number eight Nation.com
5: Hey there, this is Dr. Joe Arve, your Maximized Living doctor. And I just want to say thank you so much to Angie Austin. We've spent the last year together really getting Denver healthy and strong. And we just had an amazing cancer killer event where we had over 150 people show up. We had just record time helping people get better, get stronger. And it was just thanks to Angie for a lot of things she put in. She gave her testimony. And so as a business owner, as a doctor, as a man on a mission, I just want to thank Angie Austin and the Good News for just being there. And if you are a business partner and you're looking for a way to partner with Angie to really help get your message out, to increase your business, I really ask you to contact her, talk with her, meet with her, and see if it's a good fit because, boy, I am sure glad I did. So again, this is Dr. Joe Arvey encouraging you to give Angie Austin a call, work with her in the good news so that you can bring the good news to your clients. If you're interested in growing your business and working with Angie, you can contact me at spinegeek.com or contact Angie herself at angieaustinnews at gmail.com. That's angieaustinnews at gmail.com.
2: This is a good place. I really like it.
5: This is Eric. He's an ambassador with Arc Thrift Stores. Yeah, I
2: started at the Brick break and sorting the different Brick break stuff also. Then I went to the Showcase and then I got hired to be a cashier. He
6: knows that with hard work and dedication that he will advance in the workplace because he also knows. He trusts you to do a good job. And he loves where he works. I'm the opening cashier, so I'm there
2: from 8 a.m. to 4.30 and I have to make sure the registers are ready to go. The right tags are on the computer so we could get the right discounts under and make sure there's enough bags.
6: Support ambassadors like Eric and the differently abled people in your community by shopping at ARC Thrift Stores.
2: It's a very good place. It's Everybody's real positive and it feels good to be around that.
6: ARC needs your donations of gently used clothing and household items. To find the most convenient donation station, donation box, or ARC Thrift Store location, go to arcthrift.com. That's ARCthrift.com. Yeah,
2: overall I'm very happy and thankful, like I said, about ARC.
6: This is the place where love lives, 810-KLVZ.
1: Welcome back to the good news. Well, we wanted to talk a little bit more about forgiveness in the wake of the Charleston, South Carolina shooting. Um, There was a story that I found a while back. Therapist Lisa and Michelle Ron joining me in studio today uh, about uh, a man who forgave his uh, father's killer. And that was before the shooting, and I thought, well, that's a good time to talk about forgiveness because so many of the victims' families had come forward in court talking about forgiveness. So let's take a listen to this, and we'll discuss it a little more because in the first segment, we talked about how forgiveness really does lift so much of the pain off of you. Here we go.
7: It's a hug that never should have happened. Philip Robinson's father was shot to death 28 years ago by the man he's embracing, Ron Hammer. The two men meeting in person for the first time last month and today sharing their story with the Tennessee church where Robinson is a pastor.
5: Ron, you with us? Hey, there
0: you are. Yes sir, good morning to you.
7: Hammer on parole for the murder joining via Skype. In his sermon, Robinson talking about the day his father was killed while coming from the bank with $10,000 in cash.
0: Go outside, there on the sidewalks, my dad.
7: He wanted revenge.
0: I wanted him dead too.
7: But about two decades later, Hammer, who had never admitted his guilt, making a life-changing choice. And,
0: um, I sat down and I wrote your mother a letter and I, I Told her everything that took place
7: today in a taped message place. telling churchgoers drug addiction drove him to kill.
0: I tried to grab the money, take the money from him. He tried to grab the gun and uh, the gun went off
7: and took his life. But then getting an him. answer he never expected.
0: I had received a letter back from you. I couldn't finish the letter. It took me several times to finish it because you forgiven me in the letter.
7: Forgiveness, they say, set them both free. Lindsay Janice, ABC News, New York whoa Mm -hmm. that's
1: powerful forgive to set them both free Mm -hmm. because he had obviously the killer had some a lot of remorse drugs that lead people Mm -hmm. to do things that are unspeakable
4: you know and this is going to sound weird but not you know I guess you know sometimes you have to separate the act from the person and sometimes that one act doesn't Always define who that person is. You know, I always say we're all. Interesting to say that. That's true. Sometimes it does define the person, sometimes. But sometimes it is like just a freak thing that
1: you would never think that person would do
4: well and I always say we're we're one bad act away from being in jail you know one and we commit things all the time break laws that we don't even know there's so many laws out there not meaningful you know to how many times we speed or whatnot right that doesn't mean we're all gonna go kill someone but but there there is rehabilitation. I believe that wholeheartedly. I mean, maybe that's why I'm a therapist and stuff. I, I actually could see sometimes good in some people, whether it's because mental illness. And I do want to say something with that. Just not everybody with mental illness is a killer. Right. So right. we want to yeah. point that out. But the point is, it just shows like that guy in particular, he was open to forgiving too, because he was also reevaluating what made him do what he did he took responsibility for his own actions there's wrote the, key. To the mother yeah. there's wrote to the her. key right i mean to, to the
1: wife pardon me you know the mother of the guy who forgave him mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. isn't that powerful i
3: do and and you know we're 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 just using this word of forgiveness so much today and I need the people out there to, I'm sure there are people like me who, who are thinking, oh yeah, it sounds real good, but mm-hmm. but I just, I don't, yeah, exactly. In theory, this is a great thing, but I don't ever see myself doing that. And I, um, I really like Philip Yancey and Philip Yancey's readings um, and writings. I remember him referring to something, and he, he grew up not a Christian in, in so many words, but he said he learned to act as if... And, and in other words, he said, um, I'm going to act as if, uh, if my marriage is having trouble, I'm going to act as if I do love her, what would I do? I'm going to act as if I'm not really angry at this person. And what would I do? And sometimes just going through those actions, you know, will lead to the forgiveness, but it sure isn't going to come at an instant moment. And I mean, for
1: everyone, I think it's a different process. Some that's people right. want to write it out. Some people want to call the person and hash it out. Some people can just work through it themselves, you know, and come to that point of forgiveness. I think it's a different process for everyone. It's just like the way you dress or the way you do your hair or the way you diet, or what works for you. Well, In exercise, it's like your forgiveness program might be different than another's.
3: And the person on the other end may never accept right. that. And so therefore, I have to accept the fact that per- I've tried. I've done it. I've done what I can. God, show me what else I can mm-hmm. do. But if if I can't do anything else, then help me to stay inside and that I forgive them. Mm-hmm.
4: Well, and that's the thing. You know, the point is forgiveness is about yourself letting go. So that's why you could also forgive someone who's you know not here anymore, maybe right. died. So, but you still are holding on to anger or whatnot. But you can still forgive and let go so it's not about how that other person responds to you because they might be receptive to your forgiveness and or and like this guy is saying sorry or they might say you know what I didn't do anything wrong right
1: and it may have been years ago and then people like around you might say like well I thought you forgave him right. already that was like 20 years ago they might reignite it Definitely. if you are wronged again and the person continues to come back into your life in a very hurtful negative way and say things or do things that harm you, re-harm you, Mm -hmm. then you have to forgive again. Mm -hmm. And so you may have forgiven somebody 20 years ago and then they come back into your life and you trust them again and bring them back in and then they do something hateful or horrible again. And so it it can be a process of re-forgiving over and over and over again. I remember one of my uncles said, how come you keep forgiving that person and they just keep coming back and basically kicking you in the teeth all over again? And he asked me, he's like, why do you just keep forgiving? And um, and you can forgive and not have them back in your life, but in my case right. I was attempting to have a relationship mm-hmm. again and ultimately it worked out we actually have a relationship now but it took uh, I don't know
4: 30 years and it 40? might be like you said constant forgiveness and also you're different too because maybe now I'm going to set my boundaries this way or if right. this person does this this is what I'm going to do so it again puts you more in control the person that was once victimized by something you know someone so you're taking back that control and saying if I'm allowing you in my life this is my expectations mm-hmm.
3: and what I love the fact is that you've made the choice and then when I was in the hospital that was the ultimate that I came out with choices make us and um, I'm going to work on having choices being a thought process we've Angie you and I have talked about the fact when my grandkids leave me last words out of my mouth are hey fad love you lots babe make a great choice today Caitlin you look so darn cute make a great choice today because we have to get that in their vocabulary um Those choices do make us, and Dylan made a horrific, horrific choice as this young man in South Carolina made as well. Yeah, as
1: well. All right. I want to share with you guys some lighter good news. Good. This story is so cool, I think. So, you know, you know, there, there are restaurants that are like, you know, hometown restaurants where everybody does know your name and the prices are great mm-hmm. and you have a favorite omelet. This lady, Annie, has a coffee. You get three cups for a dollar. One cup and two refills. <laughs> and like an no. omelet with all the sides for under $5. Are you kidding me? Wow. So she ran into a bit of a problem financially and the loyal customers and everyone just rallied around her and this tough Boston lady. Uh, she gets teary-eyed when she thinks about it. So she and her daughter run this uh, Annie's brunch joint. Take a listen.
8: Lunch and specials are up on the board, gentlemen. Ann Jenkins is a force. Professor Lou, you are coming. Hi, sweetheart. Since 1991, voila, she's owned Annie's Clark Brunch. Hence the name. There you go. <laughs> and with her daughter, Megan, runs the little breakfast and lunch place on the edge of Clark University.
3: She bought the restaurant on my birthday, my 13th birthday. So it was my present to work here for the rest of my life.
8: Ann says just about everyone comes here. They do, if they can find a parking spot.
3: You really can't get a better meal at a better
8: price than here at Annie's. Annie's is a center point of the local community. But recently, Ann learned she is going to have to spend at least $50,000 to bring her kitchen, grill, and fire system up to code. Well, I cried. <laughs> when a three-egg omelet with toast and home fries costs four seventy-five, and a cup of coffee with two
1: refills goes for a buck, Annie doesn't have that kind of money. She does mm-hmm. not have that kind of money, so she was heartbroken. Mm-hmm. And restaurants close over this, sure, really yeah. good, solid restaurants. Like, she makes enough to get by, mm-hmm. but she doesn't have a lot of extra, and that's how a lot of these little mom-and-pop type shops or mom-and-daughter type shops mm-hmm. are. So uh, they came together, and this crowdfunding really can be used in a beautiful manner. Here's more.
8: But then, something extraordinary happened. All those people who hung out at Annie's, who found a welcome and a kind word. You can do it, Pop. Former and current Clark students and staff, as well as people from the Maine South neighborhood, decided to say thank you. It is amazing how many people are remembering.
4: This place is a second home for me, but I'm not unique. It's a second home for everyone.
8: Casey Starr started a funding page.
4: People have responded from around the world. Old Clark students, we've gotten responses from India, from England from Thailand and
8: from right around the corner including the offer of an interest-free loan from the University which owns the building
2: Annie has given of herself and taken care of students for so many years now it's a chance for them to give back and show her their love and their gratitude
8: it's
3: remarkable remarkable I am tearing up I've been doing that a lot lately. (laughs) So much love is being given to my mother, and it's so amazing to me, because she really has given so much of herself over all these years. How do you thank people? And I say that to them all the time, and you know what they say? Get your butt back here and work.
8: Get back out front and start cooking.
6: You're always happy when you walk out that door. There's there's no reason not to be. And
1: stop mm. cooking. Stop. Lisa, the stop. minute she heard the East Coast accent, she smiled. <laughs> yeah, she did. did. She <laughs> smiled the second she heard the East Coast accent. I saw her. The minute she heard that. Now that, mine
4: might come out. <laughs> go ahead.
1: Okay, so on you caring, get this. There's still 54 days left in the campaign. Their goal was $20,000. They're up to thirty, almost mm. $1,000 wow. of their goal uh, for Ann Jenkins from Worcester, Worcester Mass. Worcester. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Awesome. Isn't that beautiful? Yes, it 30 is. grand. People will respond. People do respond in generosity. Um, it just, uh, sometimes we have to just pull it out. And it's good.
1: I love it. All right. I have something, Well, and I just wanted to say, I like to share these good news stories too, because we live in a beautiful country and we take it for granted oftentimes. Mm-hmm. And then bad things happen. And you're like, this country's falling apart. It's a mess. It's horrible. But you go to other countries right. and you see that we we have it more together than we mm-hmm. give ourselves credit for, and there's a lot more good here than we generally hear about on the news. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't like to beat you know a, a news story to death right. because it's done on the news and you see it over and over, and then half an hour later they add two more bits of information, and then half an hour later they add more, and you see it again and again and again. And it's like ah, it's too much. And so with that said, um, I I've been saving this for Michelle therapist Lisa. <laughs> you might get a <laughs> kick out of it too because you know she, a, a therapist Lisa is also interested in the. Theme theater, mm-hmm. and you, right. are, you are a singer. You sing when you speak, and you mm-hmm. sing at church, and this is called man choir. So, you know, a lot of um, men, um, you know, get involved in sports and roughhousing and this and that, but these are men who decided that they'd uh, actually, you know, uh, go for for a softer gathering together, and they decided they'd go for the man choir. So take a listen to this whole story.
0: Take a bunch of high school guys, put them in a room with a piano and a teacher. Uh, would you say? Hi. Hi. Add a bit of boot camp. And before you know it, you've got them making beautiful music. Blue moon,
5: you saw me standing alone.
0: It's choir class at Oak Harbor High School, but not just any choir. This is man choir.
4: Man choir. Yeah, if you say that to them, they'll all go.
0: Karen McCoy started the class three years ago as a way to get boys more interested in singing. At first, there were just a few. The first day is the most hilarious day of the year because they just come in and they're like, oh my God, I have no, what I'm, no idea what I'm doing here. Now, there are dozens. Even
6: big, burly football players like Alex Tucker. They made fun of me at first or whatever, but then when they went to the concert, they're like, oh my God, that looks fun. So a lot of them actually joined.
1: No. I love that. All right, I have another part to it, but I think it's funny that at first they're embarrassed. He's a football player. They made fun of him, and then they joined. Like, when your friends do it, you know as a teacher, Michelle, when oh. your friends do it, it becomes cool. All of a sudden, like, oh, I guess I could join man choir if it's manly. Mm-hmm.
3: Leland Andres at Columbine High School had a phenomenal men's choir, and he came from the middle school, middle school to where he was also the coach in order to play the sports they had to be in choir <laughs> yeah. that is hilarious and, and they were phenomenal yes well, so, these guys
1: are good they too. Are high school guys All right, here's the here's the rest of the story
0: the key to getting guys excited about singing is keeping them active and giving them cool stuff to sing about fight songs
5: fight 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 oh say can you battle hymns
0: songs of pain triumph and glory in the end, man choir might be the manliest thing at Oak Harbor High. Just ask Alex Tucker. What's better, football or choir? Choir. <laughs> not ashamed to say it. I'm not
5: ashamed.
0: <laughs> That's because man choir teaches these guys to step out of their comfort zones, prove doubters wrong, and be who they truly are. And what could be more manly than that? Isn't that
3: cool? Wonderful. I want to join. We I know. We've got a
4: man. Yeah, and I, I can't sing, sing. Well, I love it. God yeah. loves
3: a joyful noise. He doesn't. <laughs> he does.
4: I don't know if I do that that well either.
1: <laughs> but I just love it that they're letting them be themselves. Right. That awesome. they can. I because you know there, there's so, so much pressure to conform in mm-hmm. school. You know, I love that. All right, Michelle was talking to me um in the last week about um laughter and how mm-hmm. beneficial it is to aging and relationships, etc. And so I told Michelle to remind me to tell you about the story about Faith. Mm-hmm. So my daughter Faith, who's six, and first of all she's a toughie. You know, she's tougher than the other two. Uh, being the youngest, she fights right, for she everything. Yeah. yeah. And so she was skating last night and she fell face first. And she said, I did a face plant. And she goes, and that's the worst plant of all. <laughs> I said, it is. That's true. It is the worst plant of all. So my husband thought he'd pick her up and she'd be all bloody because it's like, you know, older boys at the skate park and they're just skating around her while she's lying on the ground. <laughs> and so he picks her up and the helmet saved her, you know, mm-hmm. face because it, it has a little lip on the front. Mm-hmm. So she just had like a big thing, the bump on her noggin. So anyway, I've been trying to get her to wear a same clothes hope wears well hope was at ballet class by the way while faith was uh skating so that can mm-hmm. kind of give you an idea of a their personality yeah, yeah. yes and so um i i said to her well i bought you this new outfit you know don't you want to wear it and she said it is my decision what i wear mm-hmm. I, it is my faith i'm my own faith this is my body <laughs> and it's up to me and I'm going to give Faith a hug right now because I'm my faith, and she <laughs> hugged herself. And I was like, "You are sick! You are freaking me out, Are you an attorney! Like, what's your what? What, what, what are, you, are you talking to? F. Lee Bailey? Like, what's your deal? You know? Good. I couldn't believe it. It's my decision. That's it's my awesome. body. It's my faith. It's me. I'm mine. <laughs> and so I was like, wow. And I'll put like a clip in her hair, and she will go in the car and take it out. We'll get out of the car. And I'm like, where's your clip? And she looks at me with a little smirk, and I'm like, "Oh my goodness, she is so determined to do what she wants to do." She's now I'm not funny. so concerned, obviously, with no. clothing. That's right. fine. I'm not, you know, going to push on her a dress she doesn't want to wear. But um, it just cracked me have up that she gave, had the words for that. Have you directed
3: her towards that? Where has she come up with this?
1: I mean, I'm sure that my my manner of speech uh-huh. influences her in some way, and do, I'm very much be, like right. I'm like I always say like, "Well, mom's a person too." Like when they want to eat all your dinner and sit right. in your place and use your blanket, and I'm like, "Well, mom's a person too." And then they're always like, you know, Mom's a person too. So I do definitely teach them to stand right. up okay. for themselves, and um, they learn to be themselves from Grandpa because he's right. so quirky and off the wall and different. Mm-hmm. People stare at him everywhere he goes. And I've said before, he does Tai Chi in like the Seven Eleven parking lot. When we travel with him, he gets out of the car and does Tai Chi no matter where it is, side of the highway. Seriously, <laughs> and he'll be like, "Come on, Annie! Uh, come they're on, Annie! Pictures. Angela! Come on! Come on! Do it with me!" And I'm like, "No, Dad, I don't want to. I don't want to be myself." And so he but teaches the that's kids to be too, Because sure. you have
4: three kids yes. and all different, you know, and you're teaching them the same things.
1: Feisty. MichelleARon.com if you'd like uh, Michelle to speak yep. for you and
4: Therapist Lisa. LifeSupportInstitute.com. Thank you, ladies. Thank it was you. fun. Thank you. a choice today. Yes, Wonderful. It was, Very it was a good Make day. it a good one. We'll one. be right back. Make a good choice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>